from Yarm to Yibby, Harrington to Horsley Hill, Swarwell to Silverlink, the Northeast Footy Breakfast with Roy, Steve, and Ted. Right across the Northeast, the red, the tune, and the cat. Are you sure? The Jermaine de Fourth comebacks. Good morning. Welcome back, Darren Anderton. Sick notice. Yes. Good morning. This is the Northeast Footy Breakfast right across the Northeast with Steve, Ted, and Rye. Good morning, gents. Good morning, Daz. How are we? A yeah. full compliment. Good yeah, morning, boys. a bit of a surprise, like. Happy I mean, I wish you'd give me a bit of warning so I can adjust I my know. tweeting to uh, to well, well, now, to what it should now, be. No, yeah, I wanted to surprise you. I wanted to get the raw emotion of you realizing that I'm back. And I tell you, when I joined the call and heard Steve's, you know, his his tears were brilliant. They were. It was. It was to hear that and to hear Good your acting. delight as well in your voice. And, and then Daz, <laughs> I mean. Daz said he was dancing in the studio. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a regular Friday thing, though. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Particularly this morning. And great news, guys. Great news. Uh, our beloved leader, uh, Radio Dad, has just messaged in. Uh, hey, we're listening out here in Dubai. Have a great show, guys. Ooh. Oh, that's to Dubai. Lovely. How lovely is that? As he's oh, buying sorry, us all a Lamborghini nice, for a successful radio show, I've heard. <laughs> That's what he's out there shopping for. You've heard wrong. Yeah, of course. I mean, when <laughs> dads go box, away, when dads go away, they bring back presents, right? Well, I'm just saying. True. That I'm is just true. saying. Depends, mate. In Teesside, they never come back. <laughs> oh. 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 oh, okay. Some harsh lessons. <laughs> I oh, Father's Day is like long. a game of guess who. We've got <laughs> a bit four real minutes in, boy. and <laughs> there we go. Hey, oh, been away too long, and poor Ted's gotten a little bit depressed. Well, Teddy boy, your boy is back. I'm here for you, mate. You, you just—it's your show today. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm here to support depressed. you. I've, I've got a, I've got a, a packed full show. Up because I thought you were off, and I, I thought we would get a chance to talk. I've actually got quite a lot to talk. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Hey, hey, turns, you about turns out you can't plan for that. Well. No, no, well. no talk of Hayden McAnee well. today, thank you. I actually mentioned him yesterday. Yeah, no, that That's was how brilliant. That's much I missed you. No, there you go, there you go. Yeah, no, player, we've got plenty to do, lads, including, including the big news of the day, the absolute colossal story. Will Wolves Women's Birmingham Challenge Cup semi-final with Black Country rivals West Brom has been postponed. I know that's oh. disappointing, lads. Oh, no. After, I, get this. No. Get this. After 14 players and four members of staff were affected by a sickness bug that was apparently related to their post-match meal at Reading. So, basically, it's food poisoning that's taken out 18 people. <laughs> wow. So, wow. I thought to myself... I thought to myself, I wonder if we could come up with a food-based football 11. Oh. And I have, but I want you lads to actually have a think about this during the show. Ooh, have a oh, okay. and, and, and you at home as well, have a little think. Let's see if you can beat this 11 that I've come up with, right? In goal, at number one, Bruce Grubler. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah. In defence, I've got Dale Fries. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's, partnered, he's partnered by David Wheater, Bix. Uh, we've got, <laughs> pushing it. Just next, just next name, we've got Carlton Parmesan. 
Obviously, in an attacking position, we've got Gianfranco Gorgonzola. Uh, of course, <laughs> e equally as good in midfield as Patrick Berger. Uh, at, at left back, we've got Jana Reese's Pieces. Uh, of yes. course, uh, we, we had a, a friend of mine, long-time listener of the show, Joe. Uh, Joe got in touch and said, uh, Johan Kebab. Uh, then we had, up front, we had Crisp Kamara. Crisp, Crisp Kamara, Kamara, I love that. Oh, that's good. Uh, yep. Peter Crouch. Paul Mintz. Paul Mintz. And then the good. absolute pièce de résistance here. Christian Benteke Fried Chicken. Oh, oh. <laughs> well done. Well done. So, well big that, lads. I, I want your food-based footballers by the end of the show. We'll, uh, we'll, wow. we'll come back to that later on. But we've, we've got loads planned, lads, but should we start with some clip headlines first? Let's get that stuff out of the way with it. Okay, let's do that. Mackhams and Proud. Black Cats News. Good morning and happy Friday, Sunderland fans, and happy game day as well. Turkish club Sivaspor have reportedly made an official offer to sign Sunderland playmaker Alex Pritchard. The 30-year-old's contract on Wearside is set to expire at the end of this season, while the club were prepared to let him leave this summer window. Championship side Birmingham and MLS club Colorado Rapids have also been credited with an interest. After starting just four of Sunderland's first 20 league games this season, Pritchard has been a key player for the Black Cats in recent weeks. Michael Beale is delighted Joe Bellingham has been able to get through a crazy spell of football and with the schedule now starting to settle down in the second half of the championship season, Sunderland will modify the youngsters' training programme. The head coach said he's a player who wants to play football every minute of the day. He is first in the building and last out, obsessed with the game. Sometimes you're right, we do need to give someone a break. Over that run of games it was an issue, but now with that schedule I have, I think it's less so because we can modify the training schedule for him. And finally, we kick off the weekend's action in the North East tonight as Sunderland host Hull City at the Stadium Alight. Both know a victory would take them to the, into the top six ahead of the rest of the weekend's fixtures. Kickoff is at 8pm. There are no fresh injury concerns ahead of the game for Sunderland. However, the starting lineup may contain a few surprises as Timothy Pembele and Elysia Mayenda starred in reserve action during the week. Pembele got his name to an assist while Mayenda hit a double to put him in contention for a start. Hull do have concerns of their own as they are missing starman Liam Delap for three months as well as another six squad members through a mix of suspension, injury and AFCON duty. They are your Friday Sunderland headlines. Smoggies and Proud, Borough News. Good morning, Borough fans! Rise back, how are you, you beautiful human beings? Thank you for supporting the best club in the world. In a surprise move, Middlesbrough have rejected a bid from Aston Villa for Morgan Rogers. I know, I was as shocked as you are. It's not known how much Villa's offer war was for the attacker, but sources have said that the bid was rejected out of hand. It's now a question of whether the high-flying Premier League side will return with an improved bid. The reports coming out of Villa Park tonight suggesting Rogers has emerged as the top January target for Unai Emery. Middlesbrough are believed to be holding out for a deal in January for 10 million plus, thinking that Aston Villa could be up for a panic buy and that January isn't the right time to let Morgan Rogers go. Morgan Rogers only signed for the borough in the summer for a four-year deal. And Knox County striker Macaulay Langstaff has become a target for Borough, but will have stiff competition from Sunderland. Yeah. 
Langstaff has 27 goals in 20 games this season and now his impressive tally is sending notice to clubs higher up the leagues. However, Borough will face stiff competition from not only Sunderland, but also Birmingham, who Mogger is also desperate for a striker. And Riley McGree and Sammy Silvera have progressed into the next round of the Asian Cup. Australia have won their first two games of the tournament, meaning Middlesbrough will be missing Riley McGree and Sammy Silvera for the full extent of the Asian Cup as Australia moves into the quarterfinals in the next fortnight. <laughs> up the Aussie, up the borough. We are back. That's your morning headlines. Magpies and Proud. Mag News. Newcastle fans, a little bit of transfer news this morning. There are claims that Javier Manquillo is set to leave United and that has been strengthened last night as footage of the fullback arriving in the Spanish city of Vigo emerged. The 30-year-old Spaniard travelled to complete his medical ahead of joining Celta Vigo, managed by former Newcastle United manager Rafa Benitez, who of course signed Manquillo for Newcastle back in 2017. That means the last of Manquillo's 110 competitive appearances for Newcastle came last May, uh, but since then he has been sidelined with a reported groin problem. Yesterday also brought news and renewed speculation the Turkish side Beskitas were targeting Jamal Lascelles, who is now in the final months of his deal at Newcastle United. It's unclear whether the proposal reported in the media in Turkey uh, for the 30-year-old defender is a move in this current window or a pre-contract in anticipation of him being a free contract, uh, a free transfer in the summer. Uh, there was also speculation around Joe Linton, who may have played his last game for the club amid a contract standoff that would almost certainly see him leave if there's no resolution before the summer. The Daily Mail Sport understood that the Brazilian will undergo surgery next week on the thigh injury that he picked up at Sunderland and that's going to rule him out for the rest of the season. However, Joe Linton's contract is only 18 months to run. He signed a six-year deal after arriving from Hoffenheim for £40 million in 2019 and his current wage demands are beyond what the club's hierarchy are willing to play. Uh, it would make him Newcastle United's highest, uh, second-highest earner. As it stands, the two parties remain far apart on numbers. And just a little bit of ticket news. Uh, we've now got an extra 1,200 tickets uh, for the Newcastle United-Bournemouth fixture at St James's Park due to Bournemouth not taking the full allocation. Members will be able to purchase resale tickets from Tuesday, January the 23rd at 10 o'clock in the morning when additional places in Lees's L7 should be available. That's your Newcastle headlines on Friday morning. From Yarm to Yibbe, Harrington to Horsley Hill, Swarwell to Silverlink, the Northeast Footy Breakfast with Roy, Steve and Ted. Right across the northeast, the red platoon and the cat. Lads, I do have uh, an important update. Obviously, I, I, I know you might have been aware there was a, a very, very big meeting happened last night uh, between yes. supporters trusts of Sunderland AFC and uh, some of the ownership of Sunderland AFC as well. So, um, oh, key members important. that obviously... Carol Louis Dreyfus was part of it. Uh, I believe Christian Speakman was supposed to be part of it. The Red and White Army, which is the um, in inverted commas voice of the Sunderland supporters, um, have have had this to say following the meeting. So right, lads, Friday night football. Um, I'll, I, I'll both, they've said absolutely nothing. There is not a sniff, not a wow. sniff online of what's happened. It's, wow. it's absolutely incredible. I mean, you would How's at least put something out there to say, 
had a meeting, productive, lots to go through, we'll update you in the morning. That would have been, Jeez. you know, that would have been like, okay, well, uh, at least something's happened. I don't know whether they just sat around having jammy dodges online um, <laughs> or, or, or what. Absolutely I heard Richard incredible. Masters was in attendance. The, That's why nothing comes out. Well, yeah, I think there was a few Richards in attendance, maybe, but there we go. <laughs> uh, I'm talking about Richard the Thirds, obviously, yes. Um, so, yes. Um, <laughs> Well, well, maybe, maybe during the course of the show we might get an update. If there is, we'll uh, we'll, we'll bring that for your Sunderland fans. But lads, Friday night football—it's—it's it's obviously Woo! Sunderland's turn tonight. Uh, we're on at eight o'clock kickoff live on Sky, obviously, but also at the Stadium Light as well. So get yourselves there if you if you can. Friday night football, though, lads. How do I feel about it? Because I, I both love it and I also hate it at the same time. Like I'm, I'm chuffed that I get to finish work. I'll be finishing work my time around 8.30 tonight so the game kicks off 10 o'clock for me perfect, get home, have a slice of pizza back out, go and have a couple of pints with the lads and, and watch Sunderland play brilliant, great way to start your weekend but when it comes to tomorrow I'm I'm bored there's, there's no Sunderland <laughs> match on, I kind of, I don't know yeah. whether I'm like, I'm embracing this Friday night thing but I also kind of feel like I'm disrespecting Saturday at 3 o'clock and I, and I, I just wondered how you lads felt about. It. I mean, Ryan, obviously it's 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 a little bit different for you, and you do it embrace is. like watching football at all times of the day. Like, yeah, so it's, yep. it's nice to have your perspective on this one. Thanks for turning up eventually. But Steve, Steve, what do you what do you make of it, mate? Because I, like I say, I'm caught in the middle here. I love it and I hate it. I love being first and seeing the game on a Friday night with the lads, but also I, I miss me Saturday at three o'clock. Yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, you know, these kickoff times are at the behest of, you know, television networks and it's a bit frustrating for, for football fans up and down the country. I mean, we've been a victim of this for, you know, the last few seasons, this, you know, mm -hmm. with, with Newcastle's form on the upturn. Um, you know, you find yourself, you know, centre stage and, you, you know, you, you're constantly in the spotlight and, you know, the TV networks want a piece of you, whether it's TNT, whether it's Sky or whether it's, you know, ITV or BBC if you're in one of those cup competitions that they get to cover. So it's... It is frustrating. Um, it's it's not great for the the supporter who wants to travel. Um, often we see travel or hotel plans thrown into complete chaos because there's a last minute yeah. change, and it, it it's frustrating for the travelling fan first and foremost. I think for the armchair supporter or the expat, I think it's great in in a lot of ways because yeah. that's the reason that we have kickoff times at, at, as we do. Um, my mates in Dubai, Saudi, and Bahrain, um, you know, they they really enjoy them because it, it works out at a it works out at, at, at a nice time for them. It's part of their social yeah, exactly. out and 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 that's the difference. And, and you know, you guys are in different time zones to to me and Daz, mm. and 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 it's it, you know it, it it can be convenient for you, but we see it the flip side of it with Rai. I mean, Rai's a Borough fan in Australia who has to get up at ludicrous times to cover the game on his watch along. <laughs> so, it, it's, mm -hmm. it, it it does it does it, you know it does work out on some occasions and it doesn't work out. A Friday night game, um, I think, probably is less attractive to people mainly because Friday, especially in the UK, is a working day. Um, mm -hmm. So you know, people people tend to have the weekend off here. Uh, so Friday, you know, it's a, I can imagine it's just a rush around from work. They haven't got the opportunity to go out and have you know a few socials unless they take a half day, you know, to to do that. So 
Saturday night games, which of course Newcastle have played quite quite a few of. Um, I I enjoy the the Saturday night kickoff. Um, yeah. You know, me, I, I think I've mentioned on here. My dad and my dad and my brother don't. They don't. They, you know, they don't go. They'll give their ticket up for a Saturday night game. They just don't like coming into town on a Saturday night. Whereas I'm the polar opposite. I I you know I'll, I'll go out early. I'll go meet the lads. I'll. It gives me an opportunity to go and catch up with maybe people who I wouldn't normally get to catch up with on a normal match day. Um, mm-hmm. And you know then you know then you know have a have a walk up to the the cathedral on the hill and 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 you know watching Newcastle win lose a draw so for me it I enjoy Saturday night games Friday night games not so much I just think it's because of the you know it's a working week uh, for people and and it's and I find the atmosphere is not as good I just think you know because people haven't a chance to you know um, lubricate their vocal cords uh, a little bit longer it it, it becomes <laughs> yeah. it becomes a bit of a damn squib people are like <sighs> on a Friday you know and uh, you know and relax and and you know they just haven't had time to to build themselves up it's, it's like a midweek game it's still it's still very much like a midweek game of Friday I think yeah. after the game I think after the game people you know people then let their hair down you know you know win lose a draw they go out and you know the moan and groan or they're celebrating or whatever and and, and I, I think a, a night out in town on a Friday in in, in Newcastle is is a good night out uh, because you know people have then got the opportunity that they don't have to get up on Saturday morning for work most people so yeah it, it's it, it, it's a mix but We've just got to accept it. We are at the behest of the TV networks, and it's down to to them. And 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 of course, it comes down to advertising. What what adverts you know are going to make the, mm. the the most impact at what time? And it's as simple as that. And that's how they bring the sponsorship in to finance the you know to finance the big games. Yeah. Absolutely, mate. Right from your perspective, obviously we know yes, we know about your, your love for Borough and getting up at all times. <laughs> yes. I mean, the the Derby day, bless you. I mean, I, I think you did about an eleven-hour yeah. shift that day. It, it was, was just crazy what you did. Yeah. But yeah. in your in your own domestic league in in, in Australia, what, what's it like for fixtures? Is it is it like sort of a is it a Saturday three p.m. thing there, or is it is is it much the same as what it is in, in the Premier League and Championship? No, for, for our AFL season, we have a Thursday night and Friday night fixture now, which has uh, become quite popular. Um, we've always had Friday night footy, something to look forward to. It's, it's, it's you know, it's it's actually something that's, you know, quite loved here in Australia and quite spoken about is Friday night football. So um, I think it's, it's synonymous probably from that American NFL, you know, where it's, you know, Friday night football sort of thing. So yeah. Sundays we've always as had well for a big family yeah, thing, isn't it? Yeah. Exactly, yeah, exactly. So we've always had we don't tend to have games on during the day. We don't certainly do, but it, but the afternoon sort of, you know, football matches aren't the, you know, aren't uh, as prominent as they are. It's more, you know, Saturday nights, Friday nights, Thursday nights now. Even they're pushing for a Sunday night, you know, grand final and stuff like that. So yeah, for me, it's you know something that I'm, I'm quite used to. But for me as well, with the, the the night games in the UK, they actually work out to be around on daylight savings around a seven to eight a.m. start for me the next day. So I, I don't mind them because it doesn't mean I don't have to be up at two a.m. So if Middlesbrough play say at a seven p.m. or eight p.m., I'm up at eight eight a.m. or seven a.m., which is a normal get up, you know, and then I can watch the yeah. you know watch the team play at a normal time and then get on with my day sort of thing. So. The night games I'm actually, you know, you know, quite enjoying. It's the Wednesday, you know, Tuesday night games are a bit weird because then I've got to, you know, either be late for work or whatever it may be sort of thing. So <laughs> that's when it gets a bit tricky. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I actually don't mind them for me for my time zone. Um, and I, as I said, for me as an, as Aussie, and as, a, as an Australian as well, Friday night footy is synonymous with me. So, um, yeah, I'm all for it and I actually really enjoy it. 
Good man. Good man. Well, I'll, I'll be. Uh, I'll, I'll have a couple of pints of Guinness for you, lads, tonight. Like while I'm. Thank you, mate. Uh, Thank you. Well, I, I did promise Rye I'd, I'd drunk call him later on as well, Steve. Yes. Um, oh, I'll not do this in view because I know. I know you've muted me on uh, on WhatsApp anyway. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Lads, the, the, the news came last night as well. Forest Green manager, well, ex-Forest Green manager now, Troy Dean, he's been sacked. How's that? And handed the four-match four touchline band and fined 1,500 quid for verbally abusing an official. <laughs> I think this, wow. this, this proves a point, and we've discussed this before, but, but we'll, we'll dredge it up again. Some players just aren't meant for management, are they? Yeah. It's, no. it, it's one of those No, things, definitely but, not. What I want to know from your current squads, and I know, um, and you know, I guess we've all got quite young squads these days. Like apart from maybe Newcastle with the likes of Trippier, but who out of your current squad do you look at and kind of go, yeah, there's 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 a bit of an understanding of the tactics here or the 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 good motivators. Who out of your squad do you think is going to be your tip to be the next good manager? That's a good question. And who wouldn't? <laughs> yeah, Have you got a Troy Deeney in there? <laughs> Matt Ritchie's probably the standout for me. I think I think most people feel that Matt Ritchie will become part of Newcastle's coaching staff, and if he doesn't, yeah. he'll become, you know, he certainly become a coach in some way, shape, or form. Um, I think that he's, you know, he's shown leadership, you know, on the pitch and off the pitch, and I just think I think he'd be a natural. I think he'd be a natural on the on the sidelines. No, there's no doubt about it. Um, I think if you're talking about people who you know could you know could well venture into it, but wouldn't be wouldn't be that good. It's it's difficult. You're looking at potentially you're looking at potentially people who just don't, don't who lack motivation on the pitch. You know, I mean, Lascelles mm. could be a good manager. You know, he's certainly been a good captain. Um, you know, he's had the he's had the the cojones to go into dressing rooms with four senior players back in the day and and give them a rollicking for not putting in the effort and not putting in the graft. So, you know, potentially Lascelles um, as well could join. You know, could join Richie. Could be a could be a little combo there. Um, it's difficult to say who wouldn't because you know obviously you don't know the people. You can only judge them on what you see on the pitch. If we're going to go back in the if we're going to go back in the day though and say yeah. you know is there, is there a potential player. Um, oh, it, it's a difficult one. It really is. There's, there's maybe one. Or, there's maybe one or two bad players stand out. Marcelino with his broken finger. I mean, if you can't play football, if you can't play football with a broken finger, lads, what chance have you got to motivate a team of a team in the dressing room? Um, I would imagine as well. You know, I, I could. I would imagine it would be difficult to play for Joey Barton. Um, he is topical at the minute. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, we've seen the way that he goes on on social media. Um, we've seen. His misdemeanors, which have been well covered in the press, um, you know, back in the day when he was at Man City, for instance, um, you know, he had altercations on the training ground with with fellow teammates, and um, yeah, I can imagine Joey Barton would be a bit of a nightmare as a manager, and, and of course he's an ex-player of, of ours, so that, that's my that's my contribution. It's no, the, I completely the one agree. Thing you for us. Never would have thought of, like from a Newcastle perspective, if if you'd said at the time of the fight. That Lee Boyer would become a football <laughs> manager. Yeah, no. yeah, that's very it's, true. But yeah, he's he's went and done it. Like, but Rye, what about yourself, yeah. man? I would say Johnny Housen's our natural. I mean, he's 35 years old. Yeah. He's absolutely controlling that midfield. Our captain, you know, when he's on that pitch, you can see him talking to the young lads and even putting arms around him. And the way that Hayden Hackney, you know, we you, you spoke about him yesterday, obviously being the the youth player of the year and stuff. I would I would have to say if you were to sit down with Hayden and ask what you know. What has contributed to his success, obviously, his hard work, his determination and stuff. But 
being paired next to Johnny Housen, I think would go a long way in that because it's got to be a help, wasn't it? You've, you've had one of the most, you know, mature, uh, fantastic role models right next to you uh, in the same position that you can learn from. And I would, I would have to say him as an ex player. I think George friend as well. I always looked at George friend and thought he'd be a great manager. The old left back. Um, I thought he'd make a great manager one day as well. In terms of who wouldn't, um, it's a great question because I would have said Lee Catamol, but he's actually in management now. So uh, I worked out oh, he was a bit rough around the academy, the isn't he? Yeah, he is. He's he's uh, he, he's apparently very good, and you know, and you know, doesn't rules kind of like a Neil Warnocky sort of style, I would say. Um, and then maybe maybe like, jeez, jeez, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's hard. Maybe kind of you're like your larrikins, really. The guys that were always kind of like the funny jokers that did like, you know, the social media posts and stuff like that. I kind of feel like they, once you've sort of identified yourself in the modern game as like a joker, I think it's hard to maybe then be taken seriously. So if you, if you were someone that was, you know, likes a laugh, likes a beer, you know, likes whatever it may be back in the day, I think it would have been hard for you to then go into a role, man management role and to be taken seriously and not as that comedian sort of aspect. So Maybe, yeah, maybe someone that was, you know, always trying to be funny rather than, uh, you know, grabbing the, the shirt by the, the, the cuff and, and, and taking the lads with them because you need that, the you what? Know, that natural leadership. <laughs> what did I say? The cuff. You know, grabbing, when you grab grabbing by the, the shirt by the cuff. Are you just me? Grabbing the cuff by the shirt. Oh, my goodness. What is the saying? Guys, help me out here. You know what it by is. The, by the scruff of the neck? That's the one. That's the one. But that, that was close. I was close. I was close. Um, Hit the post, I think. The Burton Huntersworth Codroy trousers in the cardigan. Yeah, I mean, what nonsense. It's does us sure that has the nonsense in me. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's not this one. Oh, oh, that nonsense. was great. I loved it. Oh, I loved it. See, that, does, so that serves yeah, you yeah. right. You're not in full so four. You're out of four. <laughs> you should have started him on the bench. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's not but much fit, on, he's not much yeah, I mean, no, no, I'd come on and grab the shirt by the cuff any day of the week and score about six goals, I reckon. I'm that I'm that ready to go. I'm fired up, lads. You you tell me that the ex, the opposition's a, a, a removalist and I'd be oh mate, I'd be Troy Deeney them every in their face every day of the week, trust me. So uh, I'm ready I'm ready and firing. But yeah, I think for me, Johnny House is the natural in the current team. Uh, but yeah, in terms of ex players, I'm not. I'm, I can't really think of because you know I would have said Lee Catamol or someone like that. But for them to end up, you know, how wrong am I? Because you, just, as, as Steve said, you don't know them on a personal level and what their aspirations are. That's true, man. I mean, from a Sunderland perspective, if if anybody can uh, grab the boots by the shirt strings, it would be. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I honestly think, um, funnily enough, Luke, Luke or nine, I think would be fantastic in the coaching setup, especially with some of the younger players. And I, I know I, I give Luke a bit of a hard time as far as his ability as a centre back is concerned, as a human being and as somebody who loves his club and who motivates. I, I, the guy is second to none in my eyes. I, I would love to see Luke kind of stay on. I can honestly see him in like sort of a heading an academy style of role. Is I think the, the the thing that you can't be is like sort of like sarcastic and, and and nasty with young players coming through, and I think Luke's just got that that kind of personality where young players would thrive under him, absolutely one hundred percent. I mean, we've had so many ex players though who wouldn't make the grade. Well, actually, one who did make the grade, obviously Kevin Ball, who became caretaker manager. Yeah, he headed true. our academy for a long time as well. Um, a, a great leader of people, absolutely fantastic leader of people. You know, 
I'm sure Steve will remember many a, a, a derby clash between him, Duncan Ferguson, Kevin Walters, <laughs> and somebody who never ever shirked a challenge. And I think that's you yeah. know you mm. need somebody like that in management as well. Um, Kevin Phillips has obviously gone on to do a little bit as well. Um, it lasted yep. South Shields, but now he's um, now I think he's, he's been to Turkey to get his hair done, and he's now doing a bit more TV work. Um, so yeah, that, that's that, that's kind of what he's up doing these days. <laughs> the people who wouldn't, have, where to start? Where to start? Would you take El Hajj Juf seriously as a football manager? <laughs> oh my word, no. Probably not. No, <laughs> yeah, no. probably not. No, I, th- I think I think you'd need windscreen wipers off all the spitting. But uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's any amount of them. I mean, we've had so many mercenaries over the year. I mean, Jack Rodwell. Do you think he? To be fair, Jack Rodwell no. would only turn up for about thirty minutes of the game, and then he'd go home <laughs> pretending he was injured. So, yeah, like, right. Unfortunately. <laughs> Yep, true. <laughs> I knew the true. dig was coming. I really did. I'm gonna, I'm gonna Bless jump him. off now, lads. I've done 30 minutes of this show. Thanks for being with us, Ryan. I'll tell you what. My, we'll let you, we'll let you go and massage and, and refresh yourself, mate. Because we'll, my we'll plantar fasciitis is anyway. flaring up, lads. My, my foot is flaring up. Together across the northeast. The Tim, the Cat and the Red. The North East Footy right across the North East with Steve, Ted and Rye. And you can get in touch with the North East Footy Breakfast at any time uh, via the WhatsApp 033-043-2002. And a good morning from Jack in Leicester, who is not in Leicester. Morning, Jack. Uh, he said, morning, Jack. Morning, lads. Uh, hope you're doing great this morning. It is cold up here and he sent a lovely picture of him in Whitby. He's on his way back up north. Woo! He's coming to see the Borough, the mighty Borough tomorrow. Yes, um, good lads. Rotherham. And uh, he's walking up in a very frosty Whitby this morning. Uh, it is Oof. very frosty out there uh, this morning. Uh, but thankfully, it's going to get a little bit warmer this weekend. So there's there's your weather for you. Uh, <laughs> It is the North East 33 Footy degrees Breaking. here. Oh, right. Okay. 33. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, sorry right. about that. You're not. Yeah, whatever. You're not. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> uh, so you can get in touch via the WhatsApp. We'd love to hear from you this morning. 033-043-2002. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, uh, lads, yesterday I read an article um, from a, a guy called Chris Weatherspoon. He writes, uh, writes and presents on the Wise Men Say podcast, Big Sunderland podcast, been going many, many years now. Chris is is one of the most intelligent football people I've ever come across. He's, he's an accountant by trade. Um, anything he posts is so well-researched and, and well put together. I am going to try and get him on the show um, about this very article. It's a big, big, long article. It's probably about a 10, 15-minute read, if I'm being honest, so I'm not going to go through the whole thing. But How did you manage that, that my attention. Hey, <laughs> hey, I'm a learned fella. I'm a learned fella. As you, I can even do joined up writing and everything. So the amount of books I get through, Daz, is incredible, honestly. Some of them I even finish colouring in. But anyway, um, so yeah, Chris, Chris wrote this big, long article about the current state of Sunderland Football Club, and I just want to get you... Know, yeah, you obviously, we're talking about finances in football as well. It's, it's kind of it's relevant to what's going on right now. So I'm going to read you a little bit of it. Uh, not the full thing, obviously, because we haven't got 15 minutes to kill, unlike Rise quiz that we did the other day. Um, just, to, just, just to get a flavour. But this is a uh, this is Chris Weatherspoon's take on it. And I, I think it's an absolutely fantastic article. Anybody should go out there and, and have a read of this. So, nearly two years ago, in April 2022, Kira Louis Dreyfus signed off on the club's accounts for 2021. Uh, sorry, 2020 to 2021 season. 
Within those, it was revealed the club owed a debt of £2.2 million to its shareholders at the end of July. Apparently, those amounts will be converted to equity, i.e. made non-repayable, in due course. This is the important thing. It'll be made, converted into equity in due course. 11 months later, March 2023, Louis Dreyfus signed off on the 2022-23 accounts. Again, the promise was made that the debts to the club's shareholders, up to £12.6 million by the stage, by the way, would be written off in due course. Now... It's, going to, it's now up to £15.1 million worth of debt by March of last year. And again, this will be written off in due course. This debt to the shareholders is growing and growing, and it's not being converted into equity. So to date, no equity conversion has taken place since Louis Dreyfus arrived on Wigger's side. So it's curious that the club's auditors would permit a disclosure promising the debt write-off when nearly two years later it's yet to be carried out. Now, it's maybe overly, overly cynical, I'm paraphrasing by the overly cynical to have expected that promise to be fulfilled by now. Perhaps it will happen in due course. Or perhaps this club's penchant for misleading its supporters over recent years makes it an entirely valid concern to raise. It is a question worth asking. Mm. Lads, it's a fantastic article. Honestly, even if you're not a Sunderland fan, go out and find it, the Wise Men Say podcast. It's Chris Weatherspoon's article on this. It's an incredible read. It's so well put together. And you know, I, yeah. like, I appreciate some good journalism. Lads, what do you make of that? I mean, this debt is growing and growing year on year, two years down the line now. And this in due course, it'll be written off, is yet to happen. Should Sunderland fans be worried about this, right? Yeah, they should be. Yeah, yeah, they should be definitely. I was watching. I, I mean, I had a good read of it yesterday uh, when you did send me the link, and I thought it was one very, very well written, very well researched. You know, you could tell that you know he he's definitely you know knows what he's, he's going on it's about. A smart and I think yeah, yeah, yeah. He's very, very you know very intelligent and very intelligent piece, and um, yeah, well written. Um, I would you know from that definitely I'd be very worried if I was a Sunderland fan. I mean, what you know what what are you meant to think when you know when they keep saying in due course? I mean, that seems to be the answer to everything i mean i'm gonna you know i'm gonna hug steve in due course you know when's that gonna happen he'd just be sitting there worried <laughs> wouldn't he see you know what i mean so it's, it's just it's exactly whenever it happens I mean? he's gonna worry Sunderland, about that <laughs> that's how sunderland fans should be feeling because yeah. you know there's got to be with that sort of stuff when it was when it's when it's a business i mean imagine coming into work one day and them saying right oh lads we're in a million dollars debt but don't worry in due course we're going to pay that off but don't and also don't worry your jobs are safe I mean, you'd be. You, how would you go home feeling that day if you were just running running a business like that? And it's the same with a football club. At the end of the day, a football club's a business. If they're saying that they, you know, how long can you run a club in debt without paying those back? You know, to to the point where you know, if you keep telling your lenders and and and, and the banks and whatever it is, that in due course yeah. you will pay it back. I mean, yeah, it, it, it's scary. It's very scary. What do you reckon, Steve? Steve, obviously, yeah, you've I mean, seen I talked about the financial side. Yeah, I talked about this um, uh, a couple of a couple of years ago. Um, it was whilst we're in the middle of COVID, and I, I genuinely felt Sunderland could be one of the teams under threat. I don't think Sunderland's um, unique in any way with regards to these kind of issues. Um, when you've got a stadium the size of the Stadium of Light, and no fans are going into it um, during COVID, um, you know you still have to pay. You still got to pay the landlord. You still got to pay the debts, and that yep. was the same for that was the same for every single club up and down the country. All ninety-two clubs and I, I just generally felt that you know Sunderland were in problem uh, were having problems before COVID you know what kind of problems would they be having after after COVID and 
you know, I think it was during that time of, you know, the the previous owner that that maybe the debt started to rack up, and you know, the fact that the the, the owners that came in weren't, you know, weren't you know weren't multi billionaires who could come in and change things and pay off debt and sort things out it's been a case of moving moving cash around and you know paying you know paying Peter to pay Paul and it, it's been transferring to debt and 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 it just seems to be it just seems to be like they're treading water a little bit Sunderland and I think at the moment they're very much in that situation where they you know they've got us you know they've got to sell star players if there's a player comes through and makes an impression and does well they've, they've got to sell them and they, they can't keep a hold of the players that they're bringing in um I I think I think they're in a better shape than some clubs I don't think you know I don't think the the imminent downfall of Sunderland is on the horizon but I just think it's it's like a constant issue that's that's always going to be hovering over the club until they get a takeover which which can put things right um it's clear it's clear from what I read of that article and what I see um you know from my mates in Sunderland and, and just from doing the show with you Ted is that you know Sunderland fans aren't on happy with the owners and mm. you know that that you know uh, Look, he's a young guy. Um, he's he's got he's got his ideas, he's, uh, and he's got his he's got his understanding of how a football club should be run. Um, but it's it's never gonna, you know, unless they manage to put a good run together, have a little bit of luck, and get into the Premier League. Um, you know, I think we all know it's inevitable what will happen to Sunderland if they get promoted in this current state that they're in. Um, they, they they will not, you know, they will not stay up. They will come straight back down. Um, I, I know that's the history of Newcastle and Sunderland, uh, you know, and Middlesbrough, where proverbial yo-yo clubs, you know, in the northeast, we've always been either mid-table in in you know what used to be the second division is now the championship, or we've been flirting with flirting with danger in the in, in the top flight, you know, and Nothing's really changed for Sunderland and Middlesbrough. It has for Newcastle at this moment in time because of the investment that's come in with PIF, etc. But you know, we you know we've all got the same history. Um, we're underachievers. We're underachievers for the area that we live in and the support that we get. And that article, yeah, um, very very well written. Uh, interesting, yeah. I think, and gives and gives gives an interesting slant. I think. Just going back to what you said at the top of the show in your headlines about you know the, the meeting that took place and then lack of uh, hmm. you know lack of communication from the mm. from the, the, the so-called you know supporters representatives. It's exactly the same yeah. in Newcastle. We have exactly the same. Um, you know, I think I would say that our fan base is is, is slightly more uh, stretched um, than yours. You know, that there's a there's a there's a poisonous element within our fan base that that you know slowly leaks out into the fan base and div- divides the fans. I think that's beneficial for the club in lots of ways because you know if if you've got an issue with the club, um, you know unification of supporters is really important. I don't think it's something that's I don't think it's something that's stuck you know just in the northeast. By the way, I see this I see this at Liverpool. Um, you know, I've got a lot of good mates who, who support Liverpool, and there's mm-hmm. there's clear divide amongst their supporters. They all support yep. the same club. They all go to Anfield and cheer the lads on on a match day. But you know what? There's there's so many contentious issues within their fan base, and they're completely split. And you know, it it, it comes down to individuals. It comes down to egos. It comes down to individuals. 
you know, and, and for me personally, I've only ever stood up what, for what I believed in. I've attached myself to various organisations within the fan base over the years. But, you know, if you put your head above the parapet, which has been a phrase of mine for years, then it's there to be yeah. shot at. And unfortunately, uh, it does happen from time to time. Um, and, it, and, it, and it's not very nice. And I think the one thing you would like from the supporters meeting is some kind of minutes and... Hmm. It just seems that our supporters are exactly the same. We very rarely seem to get, you know, the the full minutes of a meeting. I don't know why. Um, you know what? You know, it, it, it's not as if yeah, it's not as if you've got the you know the codes to the nuclear bomb. You know, we just want to know what's been said at the meeting between you and the club. Just give us the give us the answers that you want. And and I, I can feel the Sunderland fans' frustrations. Um, a with the owner. Uh, and be with you know, and, and be with the you know the the, the fact that those who uh, I, I don't say the chosen few, but people who've put themselves in a voluntary position to go and speak to the club, um, you should be doing that because you want communication and you want to change things at your club. You shouldn't be doing that because you want to go and have a jolly with the owners and get a couple of selfies. Yeah. And and I think yeah. that's that's half the problem. I think that's, that's half where the, the suspicion with, arises, Steve. I think that's it half really the problem because... with some of these people. Yeah, it's. I mean that that meeting last night that that I've, I've just searched again. Still nothing. Um, <laughs> that that could have quite easily been broadcast on YouTube. Now you know the the you would have got decent viewing figures on that. I'm yeah. You know, I'm guessing probably twenty to thirty thousand at least would want to see what's going on with that. Um, if, even if it was Geordie's just like sort of rubbernecking just to see what's going on with the demise of our club. You know, you'd still get decent viewers. <laughs> It doesn't mean that all of those people viewing have to ask questions and sort of, you know, all that kind of thing and have some sort of input on the meeting. Just broadcast it live. We know yeah, that Red yeah. and White Army and the fan groups are going to be in there. That We know that they're going to be yeah. asking questions. Broadcast it. What have you got to hide? Exactly. Well, exactly. I'm, I'm hoping that they're going to have the, the you know, the, the minerals to ask those questions, mate. Because <laughs> yeah. right now, it just, it just looks like it's this, like, little closed shop and this little secret society where the, you know, bear on the left breast and riding the nanny goat and whatever the else they do. It's just, it's kind of, it's a bit ridiculous how they can't yeah. publicise this and leave it open to all fans. We are all fans of Sunderland Football Club. This is not an yeah. elite club in, in the terms of it's not some sort of members only thing. It's, it's just the, the arrogance of some of these fan groups is absolutely baffling, it really is. Anyway. See what it does for me, though, mate? Is it, what it does for me is it scares me. It would scare me as a Sunderland player, a sort of very fan, with Jack Clark. I mean, Jack Clark's arguably your biggest asset right now. Do you know what I mean? And you, when you talk yeah, about 100%. business and the money, the, the biggest asset you have at your club right now is Jack Clark, right? So, it, you know, but the, Jack Clark is so important to what you're doing on the pitch but it seems that he's also going to be very important to what you're doing off the pitch because if you turn him into a 20 million, 30 million player, I mean, that's arguably now going to be writing off some of your debts, you know, that, that, that maybe they you know, you know, but that's the thing. You don't know, you know what I mean? What are they going to be doing with that? With that? But it, for me, you know, it, it scares me because, I, you know, as a Sunderland fan, I'd be going, I want Jack Clark to stay because he's the best chance we've got of, of winning games and getting back to where we belong. We're close to the playoffs at the moment. Premier League bonuses yep. and money comes, you know, through that, through promotion, we all know that Jack Clark is the is the man that can probably you know go put the lads on his shoulder and go right, oh lads, come with me, I'll get the goals sort of thing. Now, if that yep. club is in that much financial stress, selling Jack Clark becomes more of a necessity rather than something where they can't they can just choose to hang on to, and that's what scares me when a club has that sort of thing. You know, is that some of the best players? 
You know what I mean? Like we saw Steve Gibson, for example, just the other week, didn't we, Daz? He wrote off all the, the club debt we yeah, had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he, you know, and we saw the, the money and proposed um, there from Steve, what Steve Gibson's done as well. And that just shows how, you know, formidable Steve Gibson has been for, for our club because once again, he wrote the debt off, you know what I mean? And and it shows that we're, you know, we've got Morgan Rogers bids coming in at the moment. And we're in a position to, to reject them where... Jack Clark bids come in. You probably you might not be because of you know how it's being run and the debt you have. So that's get that's what scares me because as a football fan, I want to see the best players in my club and on that pitch. And maybe you know sometimes financially we can't have that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, to, just to quote, a, well, paraphrase a little bit more from that uh, that article that, that's out there. Like I say, it's on the WiseMenSay.co.uk website. It's also on their podcast as well. It was Chris Weatherspoon. Um, Good read. What was it that said that that, that Dreyfus said when he came in that I'm sure there've been occasions when it felt like the club turned its back on you, but your passion never faltered. Well, yeah, that's two years down the line, Kirill. Uh, it, mm. I think it's time that uh, some of that passion was actually shown back to the supporters, to be honest, or just sell up and go. Anyway, lads, yep. on, a, on a happier note. Apparently, Joe Linton might have played his last game. Steve, over to you. <laughs> <laughs> Just to cheer the matums up a little bit. <laughs> I often Because it was going to a dark place. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a dark place for Newcastle, I think, if Joe Linton leaves. Yeah. Um, Craig Hope doesn't often go for speculative pieces. He goes for things which are well-researched. Um, you know, he's the, the man who does the the local beat for, for the Daily Mail, so it was his exclusive that broke last night. Um, and, you know, I, I, I saw some wonderful uh, some wonderful uh, tweets on uh, on X from people who uh, said, yeah, just as I was enjoying my relaxing two weeks off from uh, Newcastle United madness, <laughs> and then people putting various uh, gifts up of uh, buses getting uh, crushed by trains on train lines and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, it's not a great, um, it's not a great story, is it, really? Uh, and, and, you know, Newcastle, we know are struggling with FFP. We know that they've got an issue with, um, you know, this transfer window and it seems as if they're trying to do something about it by getting rid of Manquillo and potentially Lascelles could move as well. So, you know... We are in the heist, uh, in the middle of the transfer window where speculation is rife. Um, but he's obviously got this from somewhere. Is this the agent who um, you know is, is trying to push for Newcastle to make some kind of offer to Joe Linton? Um, possibly. Uh, you know, Joe Linton's stock has risen. Um, he's one of those players who you know we spent forty million pound on, and everyone was scratching their heads here, and we've just chucked that away. Um, you know, because he was being mismanaged by how's the bacon? Did you say? And then you know we've ended up with we've ended up with you know a. a Probably doubling the value on Joe Linton now. He's in today's market. He's he's now you know a midfield enforcer in the Premier League who can score the odd goal and who now plays centre midfield for his country, Brazil. So you know if you know if Newcastle aren't looking at for at least eighty million, uh, you could you're doubling your money on your on your investment on on Joe Linton. Then I'd be very surprised. I think there'd be a whole host of teams would take Joe Linton at the moment. So yeah, it was a shock to see that story. Um, it's never good because it's going to get maximum exposure uh, because of the fact that there's no Premier League this weekend. And, yeah, it's it, it's just another story to try and unsettle what is going on, I guess. Um, yeah. You know, Newcastle, of course, still have an interest in Calvin Phillips. Still no move on him. Uh, looks like that could go to the deadline. Uh, Crystal Palace... Uh, story seems to have died down. So you know he plays in that position. Is is on Newcastle looking at shipping shipping players out to bring in you know players in this window? It's it's 
it's a big question. Manquillo, not as much of a surprise to see him going. No. He hasn't played for you know best part of you know best part of ten months now. Uh, you know it's, it's been cited that he's had a groin injury, um, and you know, that seems to be a hell of a long time to be out with a groin injury. So I think some of that some of that time on the bench was he couldn't get in. Obviously we've had the we had the summer break, um, but I just. I just find it rather strange that he's not featured at all. Uh, whether whether there's been, you know, whether there's just been an honest conversation between him and Eddie Howe, and, and it's you know it's just decided for all that's the best thing that he runs his contract down and departs. So looks like that's a permanent deal for him, um, which should be announced. You would imagine today. Um, but yeah, I think there's I think there's a bit more speculation going to come around Newcastle. We've had the we've had the links of Isaac and Bruno leaving, and you know Newcastle have got to sell a star player to buy, which of course was something that was never said by Darren Neils. Um, no, we've just we've just got to wait. There's you know there's 13 days left in this transfer window. It's it's a hell of a long time uh, for, for you know for for teams to do business. And it, and like I said yesterday, um, you know when when a big signing happens. The rest happen like dominoes. You know that it's a domino effect. You know, mm-hmm. and, and one one club makes the move, then other clubs will move. But I still I still have hopes that Calvin Phillips will come to Newcastle just on a short term loan. I think I think that would be a good fit for Newcastle at this moment in time. But we we'll, we'll wait and see. But Joe Linton, do I think they'll get the do I think they'll get things sorted? Um, I do, yeah. I, I think there'll be some kind of I think there'll be some kind of deal struck, and I don't think Joe Linton will move. But I, I think it's agents who've, who've started this off, and, and Craig Hope yeah. does have his ear to the ground. Do, do you know what win the me about they sure this? Can take a player out with them. <laughs> yeah, there is that. Like, no? do you know what surprises me about this story, though? Right, is is the fact that if you told me about you know a month after Joe Linton signed for Newcastle that their fans would be upset at the potential of him leaving the club, I would have laughed at you. Because I obviously, I mean, he was signed as a striker and, and let's face it, he, he didn't have the best of times. Um, it was obviously that tactical genius that was Steve Bruce that decided to put him back in midfield. And um, yeah, it seems to have gone all right for him. But like, what a meteoric rise for Joe Linton that, that now he's, he's beloved by, by Newcastle fans and they would hate to see him go. Incidentally, Steve, I mean, you know, if they did sell him, that opens the way to maybe buy um, Solanke and obviously get Calvin Phillips in on loan as well with that extortionate fee that's been touted around for a loan fee from Man City. So, you know, maybe it is a speculate to accumulate. There might be something in it. But, uh, yeah, I suppose it'd be interesting to see where he ends up by the February the 1st at least. Mm. So... We've, we've got, obviously we've got we've got another game apparently this weekend. Um, I don't know what's happening in North Yorkshire somewhere, something like that. Oh, I thought, right, I thought, we've got, we've got, I thought you were going to say the game that's sweeping the nation. Yep. Oh, exactly. we've got that one. Oh, that one's coming up after the news. That yeah. one's coming up. I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah. Well, I've got some I've got some right. rules for this as well. We, right. we are oh, we are right. going to bring. Well, we are going to bring the game that's sweeping the nation to the the show that's sweeping the nation, the North East Footy Brecky, uh, after the uh, news at eight this morning. Uh, after it, we'll do it after the headlines, I think. Um, and I've asked producer Danny uh, to put something together, especially for you lads. It's got a, a mix of stuff that you know people in different countries might get that sort of thing. Uh, but yeah, we've got some specific rules that we're going to need to uh, to stick to on this one, boys. Because um, you know, I, it's been said, right, that sometimes when we play these games, well, one sometimes they might go on a little bit too much, right? I, I mean, I, I, and the other thing is that some people might 
might cheat a little bit. So uh, we don't want any of those uh, today, please. On well, um, so no googling. No, no googling. No, 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 googling. no, no shazamming. No, no, nothing. Uh, I've never done that. No, no, no. I don't even. I don't even know how to Google. <laughs> I don't know what. I don't know what a sham sham is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so that's coming up after uh, uh, after the news at eight, uh, after the news headlines. Well, I'll tell you what, then we've got four minutes, four and a half minutes before then, Rye. Give us your four and a half minute preview to the Borough game tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Let's, it's better if we restrict his time, Steve. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. That's, that's harsh. Harsh. Very harsh. Can't believe it. On my return show with my proper setup. And I know, yeah. We don't want to burn you so, out, mate. You know what I mean? No did need. You, did you know that Dennis Law scored, um, you know... <laughs> <laughs> that's one for the long-term listener. Yes. <laughs> oh, right. Well, Middlesbrough have Rotherham at home uh, this weekend in what will be a fantastic clash to see if Middlesbrough can get over their hoodoo of Rotherham. Rotherham seems to have had Middlesbrough's number, but we're at home. We've got, uh, you know, we've got a strong uh, lineup better than ever. We're still without a striker in Josh Coburn and Emmanuel Latte Lath as well, both injured. Um, Eric was saying we've also now got speculation of Morgan Rogers with that bid from Aston Villa, whether he'll be on the bench or playing tomorrow. It'll be interesting to see whether he's, you know, because it does. Uh, Fabrizio Romano did report that Morgan is excited by the opportunity to go to Aston Villa. So whether he's now involved or not, we'll have to wait and see. Obviously still missing Sammy Silveira and Riley McGree, who are at the Asian Cup. So Middlesbrough still without a, a full, you know, content of players, but uh, enough, you would think, to get over the team in last place. But they have had our number, haven't they, Daz? They seem to be in uh, do a number on us each time, so we're hoping that it won't happen again. We remember that last game like a yeah. like a hole in the back of an eggshell or something like that. And I just made that up. Unless you guys can do that if you want to, um, <laughs> like the hole in the back of an eggshell. I mean, write that down. No, no, no. I like it. Okay. You know, yeah, yeah. No, no. Thank you. I'm, I'm going to use that. Write that, that down. Like something you'd hear from the deep hole, south in America. Hole in isn't the back it? of an eggshell is is exactly how we remember that last game because we had about sixty. 3,000 chances and we didn't score at all. Uh, so, I mean, the amount of times we hit the woodwork, we created, you know, Sam Greenwood, I remember for that day, couldn't, you know, for some reason score and and the man was, you know, in in in, a, in just wearing a tie in the middle of a field of, okay, I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah, okay. I'm summarizing again, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's frustrating that we can't seem to get past Rotherham. So I am antsy, but at the Riverside, Backed by the full crowd, we've got the scarf treatment again. By the yeah, we have. Fans. Yeah, exactly. we saw at Chelsea. Again, yeah. So the boy, everyone's been asked to bring their scarf to the game and and wear that. You know, accordingly, I think that'd be fantastic. And I think the bar are in a much better place now to come against the team that's in last place with the players we've got back with the full outfit, full river packed Riverside as well. I think we're yeah. definitely, you know, more confident going into this one than I was the last one, Dazzy boy. Yeah, and, and it was only three weeks ago, um, but, you know, know it, it right? stings. It absolutely stings, that performance on Boxing Day. Yeah, um, and, and And one of the worries for me, and how many times have we seen this, Rotherham come to the Riverside on Saturday um, uh, they, they've they've not won away all season, all right. Mm -hmm. Now, when clubs come to the Riverside with <laughs> stats like that, there's only one thing that happens. Um, typical Borough. Uh, no, I I I, I went to. Uh, I was unfortunate enough to go to um, on Saturday. I went to Rotherham to see them play Stoke. Yeah, don't ask me why. Um, and it was probably. <laughs> 
the worst game of football I've ever seen. Stoke were yeah. awful. Uh, they were yeah. absolutely dire. They scored a great free kick just before half time, but they didn't have any other chances on goal. Uh, they were dire. And Rotherham were 10 times worse. Uh, they offered nothing. Um, I, I, yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm, I cannot see us losing this game at the weekend. I really can't. Um, now that you've said that, uh, Rotherham 3 1. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Classic Borough. But, uh, you know, I, 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 am, I am exactly with you, Daz. It's, it's exactly how I feel. It's, it's the way with Ailing and Finazaz now and the boys we've got. And there seems to be a better, more calmer sort of sense. Uh, around the around the club at the moment, I think is, yep, I is with all the players coming back, and uh, it's just more positive vibes than it was on Boxing Day. I think, especially with that run of injuries we had. So, yeah, no, I, I agree with you, Dazzy boy. Um, I think Rotherham, you know, they well, even when we we couldn't beat them on Boxing Day, it, remember that goal they scored? <laughs> like uh, you'll never see another goal like that. No, no, uh, no. Well, I mean, we'll talk more after the news at eight uh, this morning uh, about uh, the, both games, and we'll also chat to Steve as well about how he's feeling about having no game. Another um, Borough. Yeah. <laughs> not much to see. Not much to see. Is the lad? No, no. How are you feeling about having no game? I've written a feature for him. I've written a feature for him. We're going to go for it. Let's have the news, though. <laughs> Dan Hartman, I can dream about you on the northeast footy brekkie, right across the northeast on the cat, the tune, and the red. Dream about you, you don't have to, cause I'm back. Dream <laughs> about me, Teddy boy, oh, but I'm back. God. Can we not just mute him? Have you not? Can you not move house again or something? Or? Mate, I'm never. Ever no, I don't think that's going to happen, again. is it? I, I, I said, my, you know, we. I said to my, my wife and I agree. We are not moving ever again. This is the house forever. I don't care if I have to put another story on this if, if the family grows. But I'm never moving again. That was the most worst experience I've ever had. Bless I was going to say you don't want to grow the family anymore, mate. You want to watch some telly, nah. but then I remembered what happened yeah, to your telly. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, for yeah. Sorry for bringing that up. Sorry for bringing that up. Loads yeah, more to yeah. come. We have got a special edition of the quiz that's sweeping the nation coming oh, yeah. up. Oh. But I think we should maybe, maybe have some club headlines first before we get too excited. I, I, I think you're right. Yes. Smoggy and proud. Borough News. How are you? Beautiful humans. Happy Friday. Football is upon us. In a surprise move, Middlesbrough have rejected a bid for Aston Villa for Morgan Rogers. That is right. He has had his head turned, ladies and gentlemen. It's not known how much Villa's offer was or been revealed uh, for the attacker, but sources have said that the bid was rejected out of hand. It's now a question of whether the high-flying Premier League side will return with an improved bid, with reports coming out of Villa Park tonight suggesting Rogers has emerged as the top January target for Unai Emery. Rogers has obviously signed from Man City in the summer for the Borough and is on a four-year deal, and Villa will have to pay up to break him out of that. Notts County striker Macaulay Langstaff has become a target for Borough as well, but they will face stiff competition from other championship clubs. Langstaff has 27 goals in 20 games this season, and now his impressive tally is sending notice to the clubs higher up the leagues. 
Ara will be reporting to face competition from their literal rivals uh, that we play a derby and that's right Ted it's a derby uh, against Sunderland who are also mm. looking to and really chatting well. with Macaulay Lagstaff as well also desperate for a striker and Riley McGree and Sammy Silvera have progressed into the next round of the Asian Cup with Australia Australia have won their first two games of the tournament finishing first in the top of their group meaning we will be without Riley McGree and Sammy Silvera for the rest of the month on the Aussies that's your Borough headlines we have Rotherham we're gonna smack them because we're the best club in the world up the Borough happy Friday Magpies and Proud Mags News Good morning, Newcastle fans. A bit of transfer news today. Uh, there are claims that Javier Manquillo is set to leave United and they were strengthened on Thursday night as footage of the fullback arriving in the Spanish city of Vigo emerged. 30-year-old Spaniard travelled to complete his medical ahead of joining Celta Vigo, uh, who were managed by former Newcastle manager Rafa Benitez, who of course signed uh, Manquillo from Atletico Madrid in 2017. The last of Manquillo's 110 competitive appearances for Newcastle came last May, uh, but since then he has been sidelined with a reported groin problem. Yesterday also brought renewed speculation that Turkish side Beskidas were targeting Jamal Lascelles, who is now in the final months of his St James's Park deal. It's unclear whether the proposal reported in the Turkish media by the 30-year-old defender is for a move in the current window or a pre-contract in anticipation of his future free agent status. And as we've already discussed in the first hour of the programme, Craig Hope and the Daily Mail understand that Joe Linton may have played his last game for the club amid a contract standoff that would almost certainly see him leave if there is no resolution before the summer. Mail Sport understands that the Brazilian's going to undergo surgery next week on his thigh injury that he picked up in the FA Cup win at Sunderland this month and that will keep him out for the rest of the season. However, Joe Linton's contract is only 18 months to run. He signed a six-year deal after arriving from Hoffenheim for £40 million in 2019 and his current wage demands are beyond what the club's hierarchy are willing to pay. It would make him Newcastle's highest earner and as it stands, the two parties remain far apart on numbers. And a little bit of ticket news for Newcastle fans uh, who like to go to a home game. 1,200 uh, tickets have now become available due to Bournemouth not taking their full allocation. Um, so that game takes place next month. Members will be able to purchase resale tickets from Tuesday, January the 23rd at 10 o'clock in the morning when additional places in Leases L7 should be available. That's in Newcastle headlines on Friday morning. Mackhams and Proud. Black Cats News. Good morning, Sunderland fans. It's Friday. It's also match day. Turkish club Sivaspor have reportedly made an official offer to sign Sunderland playmaker Alex Pritchard. The 30-year-old's contract on Wiggerside is set to expire at the end of this season, while the club were prepared to let him leave during the summer window. Championship side Birmingham and MLS club Colorado Rapids have also been credited with an interest. After starting just four of Sunderland's first 20 league games this season, Pritchard has been a key player for the Black Cats in recent weeks. Michael Beale is delighted Joe Bellingham has been getting it through a crazy spell of football and with the schedule now settling down in the second half of the championship season, Sunderland will modify the youngsters' training programme. The head coach said he's a player who wants to play football every minute of the day. He is first in the building and last out, obsessed with the game. Sometimes, you're right, we do need to give someone a break. Over that run of games, it was an issue, but now with the schedule I have, I think it's less so, because we can modify the training schedule for him. And finally, we kick off the weekend's action in the North East tonight, as Sunderland host Hull City at the Stadium Alight. 
Borthnor, a victory would take them into the top six ahead of the rest of the weekend. Kick-off, of course, is at 8pm. There's no fresh injury concerns ahead of the game for Sunderland. However, the starting lineup may contain a few surprises, as both Timothy Pembele and Alicia Mayenda starred in reserve action during the week. Pembele got his name to an assist, while striker Mayenda hit a double to put him in contention for a start. Hull do have concerns of their own though, as they are missing star man Liam Delap for three months, as well as another six squad members through a mix of suspension, injury and AFCON duty. That's your Sunderland headlines this Friday morning. From Wickham to Whitley Bay, Stonygate to Shields, Doggy to Darlow Back Lane, Steve, Ted and Rye. The North East Footy Breakfast. Right across the North East, the red, the tune and the cat. And well, I also just wanted to let you know that uh, Snoop Dogg has claimed that he turned down 100 million on OnlyFans uh, because his wife wouldn't let him and there are rumours that I have had the same offer. It is true. I was offered $150 million to go on OnlyFans, but my wife said no, so uh, that won't be happening uh, just to all the listeners out there. Uh, sorry to interrupt. Well, you want only grunts? Or... <laughs> <laughs> right. I am not <laughs> I want to pin you to put your clothes back on, or <laughs> I'm, I'm struggling to see why somebody would want to see you with your kit off, mate. Tell I mean, what, I've mate, seen topless the, pictures. The stress of it. I've had, by the way, our fat club. I'm, 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 I'm literally <laughs> lost five kilos worth of stress, I reckon, in the past week. So I, I would love to weigh in very well, soon once we're, I find the scales. They're probably broken. <laughs> We're going to have match day predictions later on, but we're also going to have fat club predictions as well, lads. I'm bringing that in. In the absence of a Newcastle game, I thought we needed to fill a little spot, so we'll do that as well. Definitely. But, Love it. Daz, yeah. Daz, you have something special for us, don't Well, uh, yeah, we, we wanted to bring a little bit of our nonsense into the breakfast show because yeah. I've been here this week. And, and you know, it's it's Friday, so we wanted to, uh, to do something a little bit special. So I asked producer Danny to put something together uh, for Name That Theme for you. Uh, it is the quiz that is sweeping the nation. So what I asked him to do is come up with well, the way the game works is we have five theme tunes to things, all right? And all you've got yes. to do is guess them. All right, but okay. right, we're not going to have shouting out or anything. Okay. Uh, the the okay. way that we're going to do it is you must uh, get your phones ready because you're going to message me personally. Right, we're not going to do right, it on okay. the chat. Oh, all right, you oh, message oh, me oh, your answers. Okay. All right, okay, and then a little bit later on the show, I will reveal the results. Right. All right. That's a okay. fair way to do it. All right. Yeah. Oh, I like so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like so, we like so, you know, because I know how competitive you guys are, and, you know, I love that. No. Uh, um, uh, <laughs> so, um, and. Um, Hang on. Let me find you in the contacts. Radio Dad. Oh, but Daz, you were near the top for me, mate. I don't know what that is. <laughs> Ted, the annoying one. Steve, who loves yeah. me. Right, so, <laughs> Steve who loves me. He's put like heart frames around Steve, hasn't he? And he's, he's contact, hey, hey, Steve, there's a film idea, the Steve who loves yeah. me. Um, yeah, yeah I, th I think it's, it's some yeah. sort of bromance. I can picture, I can picture, I can picture um, Rye walking around like Alan Partridge now, talking into a, 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 a 90, 90s Iowa Iowa recorder, going idea for sure. <laughs> tennis. Steve who loved me. Um, all right, so the Australian guy falls in love with Geordie guy, uh, flies over from Australia with oils. 
Richard it's Curtis to direct. It's the fact he was so specific about the eye went tape, tape recorder as well. Gold. Absolute gold. Brilliant. All right, so um, so I asked him to come up with, uh, producer Danny, to come up with something um, yes, yep. that, that wasn't too difficult for you. So are you ready? Yes. Um, I mean, yes. I've, I've not heard this yet, so I, I don't know how, uh, how easy it is, but uh, just okay. bear in mind, producer Danny's only new. So, uh, so here we go. He's uh, named that theme on the North East Footy Brecky. Oh, hang on. He's, he's left the name on. Oh, the flippin' idiot. Right, hang on. I've sent you, I'll send you the answer. All right. <laughs> hang on, what's this? Oh, he's done it again. He's left the name of the... Oh, he, right. I'll tell you what. Let's see what the next one is. Oh, one job he had. Right. Oh, no. Right, right. Okay, right, okay. Um, right. <laughs> Uh, right, let's right, I've sent him my three answers. There we go. Yeah, what yeah, I'll do yeah. is... Um, I've we'll, got a good feeling about this one. We'll, we'll cut that out when it goes live, right? Uh, we'll cut I'm that out. Right, here we go. This is the proper one, right? This is the proper oh, one. Proper, proper, yeah, here we go. This is the game starts now. Uh, here's five they theme tunes. three texts. Uh, five theme tunes. <laughs> they are as well. Uh, <laughs> five theme tunes. Uh, can you name them? Here we go. This is the proper one. This is number one. And this is number two. And number three. You can play along at home, by the way. Honestly, I'm... The, the, the difficulty in not shouting this out... I know, I know, I know, you must be killing it. This is number four. Five very different theme tunes there. We've got films, we've got TV, we've got a mix of all sorts of stuff in there. Uh, if you're playing along at home, you can drop us a WhatsApp as well, 033-043-2002. I'm going to play it for you one more time, okay? One more time. Here we okay. go. Okay, okay. This is number one. <laughs> yeah, it's Dave's music. <laughs> and this is number two. My ring tuna. <laughs> and number three. Number four. 
There we go. That's uh, your name, that theme, the quiz that is sweeping the nation. Uh, goodness knows why. Um, I, what I'll do is, uh, while you're doing the next little uh, feature, I will collate the answers that we've got, um, and then we'll do the results after the uh, sports news at 8.30. Oof, I'm... Well, why not? Oh, you're stuffed. expecting me to do more stuff then? Okay, right. Well, <laughs> yeah, were you, were you hoping this won't go on, like, one of your quizzes, like, you know, like... For... <laughs> God's sake, man, does at least kill 15 minutes with it, with an insanely difficult quiz about an island that none of us have visited, apart from Rye, who wasn't here. a jingle that goes for 12 minutes or something, do you know what I mean? Let's have a jingle for it. Yeah, what do you want that to be content? Dear me, absolute liberties. I suppose I best preview the game tonight then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, why not, why not? Yeah, we'll, we'll do that. Yeah, I guess that's why I'm here, the voice of the Sunderland fans. A bit like Sunderland uh, Red and White Army, isn't it? Yeah, the voice of the Sunderland fans. The voice that's actually silent still, there's still no update from that last night, from that meeting, everyone. So there we go. I'll keep an eye out for it, though. Wouldn't hold your breath. No, no, absolutely not, mate. So, yes, uh, Hull City tonight, lads, live on Sky, 8 o'clock kickoff UK time, Rye, that is. Uh, just to not confuse you there, but not playing thank in you, the middle of the you. night. Um, no real injury concerns or no fresh injury concerns. Paddy Roberts is still missing from that game. Um, but I think it's pretty much as you were um, from the defeat at Ipswich. A game that really... It was a, a coulda, shoulda, that one. We, we could have won it, we should have won it, but we didn't. Uh, and we find ourselves on the back of another defeat. And I, th I think Michael Beale's already said this game is, is, is turning into a really big game, not just for the club, but for him as well, because lose this one or, or fail to put in a convincing performance, and, yeah, the, the tide is really going to turn against him, I think. So how the line-up... I would have thought much the same. Um, I think Job will probably drop back into midfield, though. Um, and I know he was given a run up front because why? Why wouldn't you play Job up front when you've had a striker in Nazari Rusin who actually scored in the previous league game? Because uh, that makes perfect sense, of course, if you if you're Sunderland's management team. So there you go. Um, I think Mayenda may be in line, just judging by the way that that Beal was talking in the presser. Uh, he's really impressed Mayenda in, in midweek, certainly with his training, with his finishing. Hemier got a bit of a mention as well. I think he could be back into contention for it. We need to mix something up up front. That, that's, that's absolutely clear. Um, while we're you know, looking around, shopping around probably in the bargain bins for another striker to come in, we do need somebody who's a bit more experienced. But right now, we're probably going to try another uh, a bit of another combination, I guess. In terms of defence, um, we're pretty much as you were as well. Agiolesi is going to be playing at left-back. as well, He's the only fit left-back we've got now. I would have thought it's largely unchanged all throughout the back. Anthony Patterson obviously will retain his place despite that uh, little bit of transfer speculation regarding him. I don't think anything's going to happen in January. I think he'll be, he'll be certainly here until the summer. He's got quite a lengthy contract as well, Anthony Patterson. I think he's contracted until 2028. Um, so if Liverpool, Arsenal, Man City are shopping around for him, then it's it's going to cost them a few quid later on. So yeah, at the back, as you were. Um, Bradley Dack obviously still out. Paddy Roberts still out. Um, Corey Evans, we've talked about this. I, I, I really doubt whether we'll actually see him back in a Sunderland shirt again. Um, so... Yeah, in, in amongst that, um, Jay Matetti could actually be in, in line for a recall as well, although more than likely from the, the bench, and it'll see Equa take up his position there as well. Out wide, obviously, Jack Clark. I don't think you can ever drop Jack Clark, although under this management team, 
<laughs> you just never know, do you? But yeah, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure Jack Clark will be starting. Um, I would love to see Jewis and Bennett get a, a, a shout, to be honest. But I, I think the feeling is that that uh, Abdullah Bar will probably get the nod on the right hand side as well. Whoever gets the nod up front, then good luck with them. Um, we need to hit the net. A, a repeat of the last time at the stadium light like, wouldn't be bad for the uh, for the neutral. It was a four four draw, um, but I don't think my heart could take it. So I'm, I'm hoping for something a little less exciting and a little bit more one way in the direction of Sunderland. I would hope. But in terms of uh, in, in terms of form, uh, Sunderland are actually looking to do a league double over Hull City for the first time since 2016 to 17. That was in the Premier League, believe it or not. Yes, we were what there once upon a time. Uh, Hull are winless in 10 league games against Sunderland now they've drawn 6 and lost 4 uh, and th- the last time they won was a 3-1 win on Boxing Day I remember because I was there and Alex Bruce actually scored against us that day and, and boy did he enjoy that one on, on, the, on the, the sake of his dad I guess um, Sunderland just one of two championship sides this season along with Leicester without a home draw so there's a there's an inkling of where your money should probably go if you're going to have a tiny little flutter, do it responsibly. Um, but yeah, no home draws this season for Sunderland, and and against Hull City, you couldn't bank against that. The, the the game down at Hull was a bit of a tight affair as well. We won it through a late goal through Jack Clark, of course. Um, so yeah, I, I think it will be a very very even game to be honest. It's two sides that know a win takes them into the top six, so the pressure is absolutely on. I think in terms of you know these these blood and thunder kind of starts to the games that we've seen in the championship so far I think this one will be a little bit more patient the Sunderland fans are going to have to be patient and sort of you know even if it's still nil nil after 20 minutes the the fans have got to do their bit they've got to keep things going and and make sure that Hull don't get on top of us Um, yeah only Blackburn have lost more championship games at the beginning of December than, than Hull Hull have actually lost six uh, they're in dire form. They've got loads of injuries. As much as they're still up there in and around that that playoff area, this is a good time to play Hull and actually get us back into that top six and start looking up. Jack Clark is going to be the absolute main threat. Of course, he is. He's, he's the third highest scorer in the championship this season with 13. There's only Sammy Smodix and I think it's Adam Armstrong have uh, have have more goals than him at this moment in time. Yeah, service is all about Jack Clark. Um, I, I, I do feel that we will get the result tonight. It's just going to be another one where it's a tense affair. We'll not see another 4-4 draw. Absolutely not. It's uh, it's going to be a, a feeling each other out, a bit of a battle in midfield, and whoever nicks it, whoever sort of makes the first mistake, is 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 kind of going to pay the price ultimately. Um, lads, a tough one to call. I would have thought for for the neutral, but um, what what's your feelings on this one, Rye? We'll start. We'll start with you. Yeah, it is a tough one. I think with Hull City's, you know, and Sunderland's both, both their form going into this game, it, it makes it for a maybe a bit of a you know a, a tug of war. I mean, it's going to be um, two teams looking to move back into the playoff spots as well. So there is you know seven v nine. You know, there is you know a lot up for grabs to, to to get this. And now you know both teams looking for goals. Obviously, Hull signing Pilly Sharp as their answer after losing. Uh, Liam Delap, who's been ruled out till spring. They've now got Billy Sharp out front. They've obviously got Aaron Connolly, someone that's familiar to Borough fans. Uh, Scott Twine as well. Uh, so, look, you know, Middles, it, you know, it would be interesting to see what Sunderland do up front. That's what keeps surprising me because it keeps it keeps shocking me. You know I mean? Like you opted I'm for me. the unfamiliar 4-4-2 and Joe Bellingham as a central forward. So, it's just like... It's and then you got you know Rusin who who can score 
you know, can he come in back into the attack? So yeah, look, it's for me, it's it's smelling of a draw uh, and a, and a big tug of war against you know two uh, clubs that are looking to stay around that playoff area. Where, you know, with their current runner form not being the best as well, which is funny enough. So see, Sunderland and Hull. I mean, Hull. Uh, Hull's last form, you know, in all competitions, is, is, you know, they, they, they've lost three of the last four and drawn one. You know what I mean? That's their last four games and they're still sitting ninth. So, you know, Sunderland have gone win, draw, uh, win, loss. So, you know, it, it, it's it's going to be interesting. Friday night affair. Um, could be, you know, could be. I don't think it's going to be massively a big goal fest, like you said. I think it's going to be a, a bit of a struggle there to and throw. Uh, but of course, Jack Clark, you know what I mean? Jack Clark's the star man in the championship, let alone on that pitch tonight. So if they can, you know, and I, I honestly don't think Hull City uh, have the, have the team to, to, to handle him. The only good defender I reckon they've got in there is these Greaves. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see, but uh, it's got draw written it all over for me. Stevie boy. Uh, right. Uh, can you remember the name of the manager of Hull? Uh, yeah, it's <laughs> Liam Rosanna. Did I get nope. that right? Nope. No. no okay, damn it. Again, I think he's hit Liam. the post. Try again. L- Liam... Rosna. Come on, mate. Grab, no, grab the cup again. by the shirt buttons. <laughs> Liam Rose and Noir. Oh, my right. God. We'll, we'll, we'll break it down. Say, say yeah. Raw. Raw? Say Raw. Zen, senior. Raw? Senior. senior. Raw Senior. Rosinia. Senior. 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 No, senior. No, 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 no. He's Senior. Senior. It's not no, Senior. senior. Radio Gold. Oh, um, I'm keeping all this like stuff for the new like uh, promo. I've got it. Like Jose Mourinho. Got it. It's Rose Nor. Rose Nor. Rose Nor? Rose Nor. Got it. Liam. Uh-huh. Well done, Liam. <laughs> so, so anyway. <laughs> uh, yes, oh, I think I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I think this is a tight game. Um, both teams, you know, uh, are more or less neck and neck um, you know we've said it's very very tight this championship this yeah. season Hull, Hull sitting in nine, 39 points um, I, I mean I took a I, I took a look through Hull's side um, yesterday and, and, and you know just went on their official website I don't know any of their players and, and that's that's you know once upon a time you know first you know whether you're in the Premier League or the, the championship you knew you knew at least somebody I've got no idea apart from the manager I've got no idea who any of these players are it's madness absolutely madness but I, I'm going to go for a draw I think, and I think I think that's a good result to be honest um, I think the Borough it's a will good result for Borough uh, I think it's a good yep. result for Borough and I think they'll be I think they'll be delighted with that but um, there's a long way to go um, I, I don't think Sunderland fans will be happy with that at all I think Sunderland want to win yeah. uh, they, they, they want to see an upturn in fortunes they want to see Beal yeah. get back on the winning track and I don't think anything other than a win will do it's going to be freezing the night um, the Sunderland yeah. fans the Sunderland fans support um, will be there for all to see in the first 10-15 minutes but I tell you what if they don't score in the first 10 or 15 minutes they'll be moaning they'll be groaning they'll be whinging they'll be yeah. wishing they were back home um, which is exactly what Newcastle and Borough fans will be doing by the way in those temperatures um, so Sunderland need an early goal to, to light this yes, game up I agree mate 100% and I think the only other thing that would warm them up is announcing Jan and Veer <laughs> which that seems to be gathering a little bit of pace on Twitter it does it um, does I- there's, there's, there's people starting to dream. I've, I've already replied, replied with a few gifts of "Don't give me hope," um, because I, honestly, I would, I would love it. I really, did really. Did you send them to Joanna? Oh, 
Dear me. An Eddie Grant classic. Yeah. Eddie, Eddie Grant was actually the first single I ever owned, and it was I Don't Wanna oh. Dance. There you go. Oh On God, 45. Go. There you Brilliant. go. Down memory lane with Ted. Here we go. Jeez, what a lane that what? would be. Wow. I am one of the youngest here, mate. You, you, you know, I'm still the baby. Oh. Anyway. Enough of that nonsense. Should we have some sport headlines, lad? Then we'll come back and bore everyone silly with other stuff. Together across the northeast. The Timbercat and the Red. And we're back. Welcome back. This is the Northeast Footy Breakfast. And we do have some results from that, that infamous quiz. But first, yes. first, we do have some more entries into our footballing 11. Uh, that's all food related. Um, I've got a great keeper in here for you, lads. Somebody, a, a bit of a blast from the past. Peter Stilton. <laughs> um, I love that. I love that. Uh, well, Jack. G-Sung Pork Scratchings. Yes. <laughs> yes. And Yap Ham. Yap Ham, of course. Um, uh, Jack in Leicester has come back with, he want, he's, he's got the referee for the game. It's uh, Mark Battenberg. Oh, yes. Yes, well Jack. Well done. Well um, done, Jack. Uh, Bruce in Acklam, uh, he says, uh, if they want a half-time snack, how about uh, Dwight Yorkie? Um, <laughs> Love that. <laughs> uh, uh, Jack also said, uh, for a pre-match, how about Mario Tagliatelli? He's got to be up there somewhere, hasn't he? Uh, um, uh, uh, Dan Burnt Toast. Well, he's on the same oh, menu. Dan Burnt Toast. <laughs> oh, there's a good one, yeah. Love that. Love that. <laughs> uh, of course, uh, the, the Tagliatelli one, that, that's up there on the same menu as the Fabrizio Ravioli, isn't it? Yes, yes it yes. is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pushing it a bit with <laughs> Matt Rich E Biscuits. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my oh, 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 Not bad, not bad. Ledley Burger King. <laughs> Ledley Burger <laughs> King. <laughs> Do you know we could have just done Massimo this all morning? Macaroni and Honestly, cheese, this eh? is brilliant. I like that one. Yeah, Massimo. Wash, it, wash it down with some Anthony Gordon gin. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, very good, very good. Um, and please for, drink responsibly. I, uh, I feel like we've gone a bit partridge. Great banter, it yes, really great is. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I'm not sure about this one. Matthew in uh, Newcastle has said uh, Alpen Shearer. Yeah. Are we having oh, that? Are we having that? That's a creative one. Oh, Alpen yes. That's. that's that's I suppose really if you're going down a healthy well route, you'd have them up front with Stan Cauliflower, wouldn't you? Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Eddie, how the hell do I cook this? <laughs> <laughs> Ask Charlie Edam. Oh, dear me. Um, and uh, <laughs> this is uh, my favourite one so far. Uh, it was this one. Um, I'm just looking here. Uh, I've just seen a belt there. All right, this is Gary and Gate said. He said chicken tikka masala. Oh, I like oh, it. love that! Yeah, that's good, love that. that's I've, good. I've just there's two have just caught my eyes. Solomon Sagalu. <laughs> what? <laughs> Solomon Sagalu. Yeah, it's it's yeah, yeah, an yeah. Indian yeah, dish, yeah, yeah, mate. Yeah, that tickled me. It's a fun opinion. Patty and Evan. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> Classic. Very Absolute good. love that. Love that. Anyway, enough of that guff. Let's have a, well, let's have the results of this quiz because I'm dying to see who's won this one. Like, yeah, well, um, again, we've had uh, some a play on the the WhatsApp on this one. Uh, Jack got four. Uh, Barry, well, uh, Jack, uh, uh, is it Barry? Yeah, Barry. Jordy uh, uh, Fan has also got four as well. Um, Jean in Gateshead uh, has got. Uh, she's got three. Um, uh, Liam in Walsingham. 
uh, has got three as well. Oh, uh, also and God's country, lovely yeah. place. And uh, Luke in Linthorpe has got four. Um, well, we we have a winner. Uh, we do because uh, in joint second place with four is Rye. Yes, yeah, well done. In. Oh. Thank you, thank you. And also with four is Teddy Boy. Well done, Teddy Boy, which means the winner is Steve oh, with no. all five. Oh, Get in! I know. I know which one I've got wrong, wrong. I'm a- <laughs> well, let's go through them. Let's go, let, like, like I on the show. I did beat, you know that, don't oh, you? I do, I do. And you know when I saw it, I was like, he's, he's going to go, man. He's going to go nuts. Um, right, um, here we go. What about my extra points for Liam Rosenwell? <laughs> this was, of course, um, well, I accept this was Darth Vader's march from Empire Strikes Back, the Imperial March, uh, but I accepted Star Wars. I was, I was being very That's calm. Wrong. That's wrong. It's not the Star Wars theme. No, it doesn't have to be the theme. All right, it's not okay. the Star Wars theme. Go on, you eat Star Wars. What's the name of the show? What's name the name of the quiz? I didn't name see anything. The hang on, hang on, hang on. Oh, Minder, hey. this is number two. Minder, well done. Have you got Minder at home? I'm not bothered. Not even bothered. Number three was Crystal Maze. Well done if you got that, yeah. And this is the one. This next one. Ted. That was Help from the film Help by the Beatles. Oh, God, I actually had that and I edited it. And, of course, the, <laughs> the one show. Uh, so there you go. Congratulations to Steve. I mean, so, four so out of five points all round. So it's four points all round then. Four out of five ain't bad. I didn't say it was a theme. I will screenshot my answer. Somebody I'm else must have said the, it was the, the theme. The name of the quiz is Name the Theme, isn't it? Yep. It is, but, but yep. we also so have... So it's not the theme. So it's not the theme. It's Darth Vader's theme. I didn't say it was theme. the. I didn't say it was the Star Wars theme. No, no, you didn't. I can answer prove it. it. Yeah, you you put the right answer in there, Steve. I'm I'm not. Thank I'm you. Not. <laughs> look at look at his face. 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 Look Messaged, uh, with all that eating, surely you'd end up with Dean Windyass. Um, so, <laughs> thanks, Andy, for that one. Quality, Andy. Quality. That's, how I that's, that's about our is. level. Yeah. Uh, so, thank you for uh, for name that theme this morning. And, uh, yeah, um, we'll do that another time, maybe when we're name bored. That, name that theme, or just just a random just a random name of any track. That'll do. No. That'll get you the win. <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> I'm not taking it badly, I promise you, I'm not taking it badly. <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm absolutely fine about it. I'm fine. Well, Star Wars. <laughs> Can't get three points Star this week, Wars. but uh, got, I won the quiz. <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> makes up, for, makes just, up for that Australian thing. Well, that's He's not talking about you, Ray. He's not talking about you, Ray. What was the name of the... What, one of the rounds was, what, where is this big thing located? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I googled it. I, I googled it. Man. I googled it after the show, and I can't believe there's like loads it? of there's loads of big things in Australia. It's there like is. a thing that they've got. Isn't it? I'm it's like, right where's the big ugly boot? You seen the big sheep? The big sheep. That's right near yeah. me. That one. Yeah. What was massive, the big banana? Massive, was it the big banana? leisure centre in Australia? Big yeah, banana. Yeah, there's a big, big banana. Sheep. Yes. Yeah. 
Big, yeah. big pineapple. There's a big ug boot. The big prawn. Yep. The, the big prawn, that was one of the say. questions. Yes, where is the big yep. prawn? Um, which yep. I still can't do with a straight face, oh. to be honest. And of course, Dave got that, of course. <laughs> of course. Yeah, yeah. Of course, like, of course he did. Making out that he, he was like, making out because he's got relations and that, that it was suddenly going to be on the top of his head. <laughs> I mean, he's sitting Googling it in the red office. Yeah. That's what he was doing. <laughs> <laughs> keep he was doing silent a really in here. answers. Okay. He's going, ah, Dave and yeah. I don't Google. Mm, yeah. No, of course you don't. So it can't be this. By process of elimination, it must be this. <laughs> Siri, where is the big prawn? <laughs> Smoking his Sherlock oh, Holmes pipe while he does it. Anyway, <laughs> transfer window crack, lads. I know we've only got about ten minutes left before before Daz is going to take over and, and deliver more nonsense and, and good stuff on his show as well, of course. <laughs> well done, uh, transfer window crack. Over the years, lads. You won't believe the names that have actually been linked with Sunderland. Sunderland fans will actually still joke now about being linked again with Robbie King. I mean, you must have been retired about 10 years by now, but uh, uh, somebody will make the joke on Twitter like, oh, I heard we're in for Robbie Keane again. We never, ever signed him, ever. Um, but it was one of those players that was linked with us every single transfer window. But, believe it or not, now this is absolutely cast iron true. Three players that Sunderland have tried to sign when they were much, much younger, obviously. Samuel Eto'o, but Peter Reid said he was too small. Um, this is when he was obviously coming up through the ranks. Zlatan Ibrahimovic, when he was in Ajax's academy, we tried to sign him. And Paul Scholes was actually almost a done deal in the Peter Reid days. We'd had a £5 million bid accepted. But then Paul Scholes inexplicably got an England call-up. That pushed the price up and priced us out of it. So we could have been talking about, you know, in recent history, a team that included Eto, Ibrahimovic and Paul Scholes all in a Sunderland shirt. But what, for you, is the wildest transfer rumour that you've ever heard about your club? And we'll, we'll start with Steve on this one, because there's been some doozies with Newcastle like. I mean, there has obviously the takeovers. So Newcastle linked with you know everyone from Killian Mbappe uh, to Gareth Bale, um, you know uh, uh, Bellingham. Um, you know we, we've been linked with all the the, the, the big names. You would expect anybody who's got you know a, a lot of money to spend but can't spend it to be linked with. Um, yeah. But from uh, the the history annals of Newcastle United, I do have a good one, um, and this was uh, back in the eighties um, when uh, Brazil had this infamous player called Socrates. And um, oh, yes. Newcastle, Newcastle United um, uh, fans didn't have social media to go to back in those days. We had the Evening Chronicle back page, and we had uh, John Gibson, um, who does NUFC Matters on a Thursday with Supermac, and does the show on a Friday uh, on this channel. And um, yeah. we had uh, Alan Oliver, who used to they used to basically create the stories, three pages of Newcastle United news in the Chronicle. So on the back page one night, as I was coming out of college, was uh, Socrates to sign for Newcastle and I was like my god this is amazing and bear in mind Newcastle were in mid-table second division obscurity uh, that's the championship now kids uh, but yeah that's where we were and we you know we were struggling to get out of the division so why would Newcastle be linked with the Brazilian international um, well um, the story as, as always didn't go anywhere Newcastle of course didn't sign Socrates and the story went off into the annals of Newcastle United's history um, it was years later when I started working with Gibbo um, that somebody came up to him at a talk-in 
I said, Gibbo, uh, can you tell us a story about uh, Socrates coming to Newcastle? I believe you were the one who wrote the byline and got the back page exclusive. Um, and it turns out that um, Gibbo was working on a tip-off that he'd overheard in a bar. And he'd overheard these two kids at the bar saying that Socrates was coming to Newcastle. So that's where he, he went and knocked the story up. He was struggling for a story. He found out this exclusive in probably the printer's pie um, down in Pudding <laughs> Chair. And um, that was it. That was how the headline was born. Uh, it turns out when he did a little bit more uh, digging, um, which maybe he should have done with uh, his Brazilian side, <laughs> that uh, Socrates was quite happy in Brazil, uh, ploughing his trade out there. But in fact... It was a band called Socrates who were playing at the Mayfair that night. Uh, a student band um, who were visiting Newcastle. Wow. <laughs> so uh, you can imagine, since I've heard that story, uh, I am fairly reluctant to believe anything I see in the papers, anything I see in the news, and anything that I read on social media. If they're not on the pitch, holding the scarf and strip, um, then it's probably uh, still got a little bit way to go or isn't true whatsoever. Incredible, mate. <laughs> that's, that's fantastic. I love that. I actually want to now Google the band Socrates and see what they were like. <laughs> uh, Rye, what about yourself, mate? I mean, Burroughs Burrow pulled off some pretty impressive transfers over over the, the history. I mean, the likes of Ravinelli and Janino, but what's the absolute yep. mental ones that you remember? As in the ones we pulled off or just the rumours, you reckon? Oh, I mean, just, the just the rumours, yeah, always, yeah. Yeah, the rumours... Daz, you're going to have to help me here because I'm trying to think of, of, of some maybe that were back in... I mean, back in the Premier League 2016, 2017, we were linked with every Spanish player thanks to Aitor Karenka. I mean, pulling off Victor Valdez, but, you know, I thought that was fake and we ended up getting him. Oh, Mendieta as well. Um, I mean, what a sign Yeah, Mendieta as well at the time as well. But uh, in terms of the actual rumours, like, I'm trying to think of the yeah. wildest rumours that are... Well, I, I, I seem to remember we were linked with Rivaldo at one point. Yes, uh, yes. And Ronaldinho as well, I think. Uh, that was a yes. rumour at one point. And it's like, really? Oh, he loves Stockton Arc. He loves Stockton Arc. Erling Haaland? Apparently, Burrow were rumoured to have gone for Erling Haaland as well. I mean, that we scouted him before he became yeah. Erling Haaland as well. So and, and, and we had him on the books and, and in the radar. And I know there was a few Geordies, wasn't there, that were, were rumoured to be coming. Keith Gillespie mm-hmm. was... was Almost here. That was a bit of a farce, I think, that whole one. Rob Lee was coming at one point. Yes. Um, and wasn't it? Wasn't Patrick Cliver as well? Wasn't he? I think he was rumoured yes. at one yes, point. Yes, he was. As well. Yeah, he was uh, actually. Yeah. It's come, but it's it's like, yeah. I mean, we we had Janino, we had uh, Emerson, we had Ravanelli. Um, so why couldn't we have got Ronaldinho? You know, uh, yep. <laughs> to T side. <laughs> Uh, yep. No. He would have loved even, that. He would have loved him there. Yeah. Even like you, you do know the greatest. You do know the greatest one of all time, lads, don't you? Of course. Which, of course, it, it even had a visual, uh, which we can all sit back and laugh at these days. Um, but that was Tino Asprey, darling. Yes. yes. That was, what? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. it happened. <laughs> 2002, August 2002, George Reynolds uh, paraded Tino Aspria in front of the crowd at Darlington and said he was going to sign. Oh. Um, <laughs> and at the time, Darlington, uh, Darlington were, you know, were on course to hit the third division, I think, but he took him to, to Feetums. Um, yeah. and, and I think it was just the disbelief I remember seeing in the crowd at Darlington that Tino Aspria was there with George Reynolds walking 
walking around the pitch, you know, grinning away like a Cheshire cat that he's like the cat that got the cream. And bearing in mind, Newcastle had literally like bought this player for like six and a half million or something, and he played in the Champions League, he scored a hat trick against Barcelona, and he's getting walked around Darlington. I spoke to Tino, I've spoken to Tino about this, and he's going, um, well, the bits that I can mention without swearing, uh, but he, he just, he just, he went down there. He, he, he described him as a colourful character. Um, <laughs> the oh, seer cracker, yes, yeah. <laughs> exactly. But he, he just, uh, he was just chancing his arm. He was, it was a bit of publicity. He loved the publicity, George. And I've met George yes. quite a few times. He was a top man. Uh, had a lot of respect for George. Um, you know, he, he, he had a little bit of a, a past, shall we say? But that was hilarious. <laughs> Absolutely hilarious that day. And um, you know, T- Tino just said he was given a, the promise of a contract on the phone. And he says when he got down there, everything changed. The money changed. Where he was going to live changed he says so they never agreed on a contract um and, and he says literally it was it was quite embarrassing for the club for him to be walked around there you know well radio dad has been in touch uh all the way from dubai oh, radio dad. yeah all the way from oh, dubai great. um what have we done no 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 nothing um but it is to you ted because apparently oh, yep sunderland nearly signed maradona when he was 19 Yes, His club, Argentino that. Juniors, uh, wouldn't allow him to go, so he threatened to go on strike. Yep. I mean, can you imagine Maradona on Seaburn Seafront? My goodness. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's very, very similar to Buenos Aires in the summer. Um, <laughs> yes. You know, it, it, it's it's absolutely. In fact, you can almost barely tell them apart. To be honest, but there you go. Um, what could have been? What could for, have been? What could have been? Indeed, indeed. <laughs> I feel a bit sorry for Steve because he hasn't got a match to look forward to. So, um, Steve, what does Jordy Steve get up to on a weekend when there's no footy? What Ooh. you what you got planned, mate? Because I've got like some taking... suggestions for you. Oh, I like right okay, I like that. No, okay. um, here we go. To, to be honest, I. I try to catch up on some stuff that I haven't done. Um, it could be stuff with the family. It depends, you know, depends who's who's available, who's around. Uh, you know, I'll go and watch the non-league. Um, I like to get around and go to different games and different grounds if I can. Um, but, you know, if there's a good match on the TV, um, you know, I, I can sit and watch that at lunchtime um, and, and also catch up on, you know, Soccer Saturday. I do enjoy Soccer Saturday. I thought I would... I didn't think I would like it as much when Jeff Stelling left, but, I, look, you know, yeah. it is what it is. I, I enjoy the I enjoy the way that that programme's done. Um and, and you know, especially when Newcastle on playing, it's great to be able to just sit and listen to the other teams and what's going on, and and listen to you know listen li- listen to the ups and downs of uh, the fortunes of the other clubs. But yeah, it's a lot of it's still football orientated. It's difficult to switch off from football for 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 a week or, or, or two weeks, and and you know I, I enjoy doing that. But I'm, I am interested to hear what your suggestions are, Ted. Well, I've been doing some digging, mate, and uh, oh. <laughs> oh no, some of them are oh, just no. fantastic. How's the some job at the re- cemetery going, Ted? <laughs> 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 almost finished, almost finished. Um, so we have the Waiting Gardens of the North. There's a sculpture making workshop uh, that's tomorrow at one pm, Steve. That's at the that's at the Baltic. Uh, so if you get, if you fancy uh, channeling your inner Patrick head. Swayze, I see that's more of a rye thing, cold. to be honest. They call it the baby sculptor. Yeah. Ah, yeah, true enough, true enough. Well, there's a there's a worry monster workshop tomorrow at ten a.m. at the Linskill Centre. If you fancy that, oh. or worry if monster? you if, if you, yes, I've got no idea what it is, but it sounds intriguing. There's um, ecstatic dance. 
<laughs> Ecstatic Dance Saturday at, uh, at the Sea Hotel in South Shields. Uh, that, that's from 6pm. Or People clothed fa- doing that? <laughs> um, no, it's ecstatic, not exotic. Um, All right, okay. I'm, sh- I'm sure there are bars in South Shields. The Brunny used to do that kind of thing. Brunswick, uh, yeah, I used to the- go there. Yeah, mm-hmm. did you? Ah, oh, same, right. same as me. Friday oh. nights, the cage. Yeah. Oh, it was, it was Saturday, Saturday early afternoons for me. Then we used to pile back to Durham and go out on the on the drink there. Wonderful. Was, uh, yeah. Happy times, happy times. And obviously, if you if you want to uh, relive some some past memories as well, you have got the Great North Wedding Show at the Hilton, which is on Sunday oh, at eleven lovely. a.m. Oh. They go renew the vows, do whatever you like, Steve. But um, oh. so yeah, a couple of suggestions. I'm sure there's, there's plenty for the Geordie folk to do it around Newcastle and Gateshead. But I was, but I was we now need about, to get round. Yeah. I was thinking about sitting probably at home and planning some shows just in case riders and turn up next week. <laughs> yeah. oh, that's what I'm doing, mate. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I wasn't. Absolutely. I'm feeling my, my foot is flaring up for Monday's show as well. I'm seeing this plantar fasciitis come back now. You'll, as get, well. foot foot flaring up. You'll get a foot flaring up if you don't turn up on Monday. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> He'd be off work with a broken flask, wouldn't he? <laughs> Those vacuum anyway, holes you were talking about earlier on. We, we, <laughs> need, definitely have one. we need some predictions. Yes, come on, predictions, lads. Um, I, I'll, I'll kick it off then. Go on, I'll go for a 2 0 win at Sunderland. I think Burrow uh, will also win 2 0. And I think I will lose 1.2 kilograms. I'm going to go for a Middlesbrough 3 0 victory. I'm going to go for a 1 all draw for Sunderland and Hull City tonight. And just for the Borough fans, breaking news, Aston Villa have made a second offer for Middlesbrough forward Morgan Rogers, but it has been turned down again with Borough adamant he will not leave at less than full value. Their value is over 12 million. This one will likely to run on and on, but breaking news, Middlesbrough have turned down a second offer from Aston Villa for Morgan Rogers. Wow. I mean, he had to turn that into him, didn't he? Yeah, he had to make it about him. Um, yep, always. Have we got a have two, we got one, a... One, two one one draws for me, lads? I think Ooh. it'll be two draws. Um, I think it's I think it's going to go to the wire this whole playoff running. Uh, but yeah, I think two two draws. I think uh, Sunderland will be disappointed. I think Middlesbrough will be happy um, with 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 the respective points over the weekend. But. Uh, Gonna be I wouldn't be happy if we drew against Rotherham. No, no way. Yeah, I, th- I think I think I, I just think it'll be two draws, lads. I don't think you're going to beat Rotherham. Hmm. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm going. Um, I'm I'm going three nil uh, to the Borough. Had a boy um, against Rotherham, uh, and I'm going one yes. one Sunderland Hull as well. I think it's going to yes, be a really tight game. Yes, what I said, Dazzy. Mm. Well done. Great minds think alike. Yeah. Well. Is that it? Is everybody up there? Yeah, that, that is it. I was like, we that the Alan Partridge bit here. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at the clock. News. Looking at the clock. Not yet. News. News. <laughs> no, I was, was going to ask Daz what he's got coming up on his show, like, but it seems oh, like he's yeah. 57 and he's probably got a song queued up. Uh, no, no, it's, I have. Um, it is. Uh, we've got the quiz that is sweeping the nation. We've got a brand new name that theme this morning. Uh, we've also got a new category. Just any theme, is it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, we, we did have to open it up, though. Seriously, Ted, we did have to open it up to uh, songs oh. from things as well because oh. we would just run out of theme tunes to stuff. Um, so, yeah, we do do songs from things as well. Um, I will say that. Um, but good. we've... Um, that's my get out. Um, we've got a chat degree this morning, uh, which is a good one. Um, uh, we've got 
all the usual nonsense. You know how it goes. Um, and th- this song, we've been playing this all week. It's a real feel-good song. Um, it's for, uh, and we've got uh, the other thing we've got is our Friday jukebox as well. You say it, we play Fantastic. it. Um, so we'll be doing that as well. But this song, we've been playing this all week. It's like a really feel-good song. And I thought, yeah, I'll bring it to the uh, North East Footy Brecky because you've made me feel good all week, lads. So thank you. Oh, uh, have, bless you're your welcome, heart. mate. Have you're a welcome. wonderful weekend. You're welcome. I was here all week. So I was <laughs> here all week. Enjoy your trip, Radio Dad. Bring back the bacon. <laughs> <laughs> How was it? <laughs> all the best, lads. Take it easy. Enjoy See this. You later, lads. <laughs> From Yarm to Yibby, Harrington to Horsley Hill, Swarwell to Silverlink. The Northeast Footy Breakfast with Roy, Steve, and Ted. Right across the Northeast, the Red.